0: Philippians, chapter 4, verses 2 to 9, Finding the Peace of God, Stepping into God's Peace one step at a time. Uh, chapter 4, Presented by Rev. Paul Bucknell and translated by Rev. Robert Gawande. This is originally given in Malawi, part of the Advanced Discipleship Training Seminar. Let's turn to Philippians 4. God wants us to have a peace, a peace that passes all understanding of the world. What is the world's peace like? What is the world's peace like? Well, we know the United Nations, Nations. they say they like to have peace, but they build themselves beautiful big buildings. They can't really bring peace. We have people and religions, psychologists. They all promise you peace. But God knows how to give you real peace. And I'd like to share seven steps with you to the peace of God. In Philippians 4, what we find is the phrase peace used two times. Notice in verse 7, it says, in the peace of God. Notice in the end of verse 9, the God of peace shall be with you. So verse seven says, "A peace of God which surpasses all comprehension shall guard your hearts." And then in verse nine it says, "The God of peace will be with you." <laughs> the peace that God wants us to have <laughs> is a sense that is not dependent on the things around us. Your wife might be cold to you right now. My, my cold. Rejecting. Every time you see her. She looks upset. <laughs> or you might be the wife. And your husband's gonna come home. When he comes home. All of a sudden, the house feels like it's shaking. <laughs> what is this happening? What is happening here? God can give you a peace. No matter what your circumstances. doesn't depend on your ministry. The peace of God is what he gives every Christian. If we follow different steps, you can have the peace of God no matter what happens to your life. Now this goes right along with what we've been learning. When we go through those hard times, we need to go through those times with peace if we only look at how terrible and how hard they are it will be like we take our eyes off Jesus but God has a way of keeping our eyes on Jesus when we go through those times and it's the inward peace, the calmness, the harmony we're able to rest when everybody else might be upset Mm you might be facing those who are persecuting you but you have the joy of the Lord this is what God promises us so let's look at the first step in verse 2 in verse 2 he talks about two co-workers Iodia and Syntyche he simply tells them live in harmony during the founding of that church these two women were probably there they grew up in their faith They're faithful co-workers. But Paul says, live in harmony. Why do you think he tells them to live in harmony? They're probably not living in harmony. Do you ever have two leaders in the church? Two people with influence? They pretend to work together. But they're really not in harmony. The first step for us, the first step for peace, is be at peace with your co-workers. Usually, It's hard to get along with a co-worker. Two reasons. One, we're jealous of them. We want all the attention. People like him. He preaches better than me. I don't like him too much. that's selfish. Mm -hmm. Instead, let's pray a blessing upon the other brother or sister. Mm -hmm. May God work more through their life. Mm -hmm. That wall will come down. Mm -hmm. The other reason we might not have harmony, Mm -hmm. because we offended each other. We talked a little about that yesterday afternoon. We do what we can from our side. We look at our own lives. See if there's any reason why that person might be offended with us. And we apologize. We don't go and attack them. We don't demand that they apologize to us. Just humbly. Because we value their friendship. Because Christ tells us to love one another. I do what I can do. And you'll see the harmony become. We're once at nighttime, you're trying to sleep. But you're upset with the other person. Now, when Satan tries to bring those thoughts in your mind, you just pray a prayer, or a blessing upon that person. It's wonderful. And peace will come to your life. In verse 3, he shows us how we need to work with other co-workers. He says, these are my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life and this touches a little bit upon what we just said that we begin valuing every person in the church even if they only come once a month or they come in at the end of the message why their names are written in the book of life when we start valuing every person as someone whose name is written in the book of life by the blood of Christ we start appreciating them we start seeing some good things that they do and instead of criticizing them we start encouraging them and they begin to change it depends a lot on our attitude towards people how so we treat The same thing with our children, by the way. If you just criticize them, they'll shrink. You encourage them, they'll grow. In life, in the way they respond to you. Value the people that you work with. Verse 4. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. This is the third key to finding the peace of God. Step two will take away any type of uh, jealousy. It brings about stronger relationships. But verse 3 starts talking about how we deal with situations. Some of those situations are with people. And some of those situations are with circumstances. What does he say to do here? Rejoice in the Lord. Now our focus is not on our relationship, our focus is not on our circumstances, our focus is on the Lord. So what does it mean rejoice in the Lord? It means to remember back what the Lord has done for your life. Remember back your calling. <laughs> or into ministry. Remember how He's given you the Spirit of God. In Ephesians 1 3, He says He gave us all His spiritual blessings. Rejoice in the Savior who died for you. Though everyone rejects you, it's the Lord who chose you and accepted you. We can never go wrong when we turn our eyes to our Lord. And where at first you might be very discouraged. You can start singing one of your songs. I'm sure you have one. (laughs) You're rejoicing in the Lord. Because He's good. He's always good. And He'll never turn His love away from us. Rejoice in the Lord always. For example, if I have a problem with a certain brother or sister. Turn to look to the Lord You might pray like this Oh Lord You know I'm having struggles with this one brother But I want to thank you for your love for me I was one of those wayward sheep And you were so patient with me You still are But you love me And that love means everything to my life and so thank you Lord for this one sheep that's in my congregation It's hard to get along with his brother but through your patience with me I'm learning how to be patient with them thank you your love for me is so constant help my love be constant like your love is constant in Jesus name focus on Jesus As you say a prayer like that, the truths of God begin to enter the situation. The discouragements go to the side. Because we have our eyes focused on Jesus. Verse 5 Let your forbearing spirit be known to all men, the Lord is near. This tells us that we need to be patient toward one another. The word forbearing talks about as if someone else has offended us. And so we need to just accept that and continue to love. Didn't Jesus live like that? Sure he did. People offended him. They didn't respect him. They rejected him. He just forbade them. He didn't let the actions of others toward him state how he should live. He was instead taking directions from his father about how to treat others. If you are offended by others easily, then you will get bitter inside. And you will not love. But God tells us to love. And part of that love is quickly forgive others. Now, who are we to quickly forgive? All men? Your wife? Your husband? Your parents? Your pastor? Your elders? The strangers? Just humble your heart. Live like a servant. And you'll be less quick to be offended. You see, a lot of times we don't have peace because we're trying to make sure everybody treats us the way we should be treated. Hey, he didn't call me pastor. (laughs) I'm a pastor. He should treat me respectfully. <laughs> What's wrong with him? <laughs> Where's my peace? <laughs> Gone. It's more important to have God's peace <laughs> than be called the right thing. <laughs> love covers a multitude of sins. And we have the privilege of taking God's love and passing it along it don't matter what you say I'm happy anyways. you can call me whatever you want but I am the child of God I'm that's good enough keep your position focused on Jesus Notice verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Now, what does he say here? That we are never to worry about anything. Jesus in Matthew 6 three times told his disciples don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. If I take care of the flowers can I take care of you? If God made the animals he made the fields what is it for him to take care of you? Aren't you so much more precious than any of those things? In Romans 8:32, it says, If Christ gave up His Son for you, if God gave up His Son for you, <laughs> will He not also give you all things? Of course. Do you tend to worry? You don't need to worry anymore. Because He will give you a peace that He's taking care of everything. Maybe you were praying hard for someone in the church. You had a message that you know would help that person. And you're wondering if that person's coming you're worrying don't worry what does it say here pray pray means we take our request to God supplication means it's a special request that we give to God some people think it's wrong to ask God of things that's not what it says here. God is our, God is our daddy. We can ask him for our need. And he provides for us. What if we don't seem to be running out of money? Our crops are low. We lose our job. Our child gets sick. Ministry looks like the congregation is dwindling, getting smaller. Should we worry? No. So you ask the question how do you not worry? First thing, you just bring the situation before God in prayer. Then you be specific in your prayer request. Think about why are you worrying about your congregation getting smaller? Worry is not going to help. Instead, you say, God, I'm concerned about my congregation getting smaller. Why is it smaller? Can you help me know how to build up your sheep? When you focus on the problem, your prayer request gets very specific. Now be careful. When you ask him something very specific, he's going to answer you. And if you're praying about your congregation getting smaller, help me know how to care for my flock. Look for what God's going to teach you. Listen to the conversations going on around you. And perhaps you might hear a sister talking to someone else. You know, I've been so discouraged lately. And maybe you can see that the Lord's teaching you. Maybe Satan has brought a spirit of discontentment or discouragement in your congregation. And so you can begin to understand the Lord's teaching you how to pray and how to focus. Or in the word of God, he will begin to teach you more. When you ask God, look for the answer because He's going to give it to you. But He says to do three things. If you want to overcome worry, you have to also do the third thing. And what's that third thing? What does it say? What's your Bible say? Bible Your supplication with thanksgiving. Mm. When I bring my prayer request before God, I have to do it with thanksgiving. Now he's not just saying, I thank you God for this. Now God really wants us to do it with thanksgiving, not just attach some words of thanksgiving, okay so this is what we do, when our congregation start, I'm just using this as an illustration, our congregation is getting smaller, I start worrying, and then I begin to pray, Lord, I thank you, my congregation is starting to get smaller. Can you do that? And you say, why? (laughs) I, I, I want to teach you why. When we are not using thanksgiving, We're focused on discouragement and discontentment. And often that prayer is not of faith but of doubt. But when we start praying with faith and thanksgiving, it's like it opens up our hearts and minds. So let me give you an example. Lord, I thank you I can come to you again in prayer. You know how concerned I have been with my congregation. The people are getting smaller. But I want to thank you, Lord, for this. I want to thank you that you are their great over-shepherd that you care for every one sheep in this congregation. I don't have the answers. I feel like giving up. But I know you somehow care for these sheep. And you are working in these sheep. And no matter what happens, you are watching over every one of them. It says that you're praying for every one of these sheep. And I'm praying for every one of these sheep. And we're working together praying for these sheep. And then you're building your church. And nothing's gonna stop you from building no. your church. There you only might be ten out today. But Lord, you have great plans for your church. They're bigger than I can see. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how you're going to do it. Raise up your church, O Lord. I want you to strengthen your sheep, O Lord. Build up your church, O Lord. If your glory might shine. I'll be waiting and watching how you do it. I'm your servant and you chose to work through my life use my life and build up these in Jesus name when we begin to thank the Lord it demands that we begin the tr- finding the truth of God And so all of a sudden we're talking about God's concern for the sheep. We're talking about God praying, Jesus praying for the sheep. God's Spirit working in me to care for the sheep. The truth that Jesus will build this church no matter what. Mm-hmm. When we're discouraged these truths are taken away from our, our minds. When we begin in an out loud prayer of Thanksgiving All of a sudden the truths of God, we begin stating them. By the way, this is the power of singing songs. Mm. It brings the truths of God in us. This is the power of memorizing and saying scripture out loud. We let the truth of God shine in and the lies will scatter. And so we can face impossible situations and begin to have the truth of God shine into that very dark situation. And after the end of prayer like that, I have the peace of God. I'm not anxious anymore. Before I was thinking, how discouraged. I can't do anything. But now I'm looking to him. I'm in faith waiting for him to do something. Now he didn't say how long I have to wait. He didn't say how he was gonna do it. <laughs> But he said he would do it. We are not just believing in general things. We believe in a very specific truth. And notice what happens when we do this. We looked at five steps so far. And in verse 7 it says the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. If you care for those relationships around you if you put away those jealousies Start blessing people. Start valuing every coworker in the church. Rejoicing in the Lord's love for you. Forgiving one another. Not being offended. Humbling yourself. And then praying with thanksgiving you will find that that the peace of God will be in you and it doesn't matter what happens around you now remember all these things are important our relationship with other people affect our relationship with God that peace of God will Surpass all comprehension. Impossible to believe. And people will say, I don't know how you do it. And then you have a testimony. It's not because of me. Philippians 4: Five steps to the peace of God. (laughs) I went through each one. Mm-hmm. You can too you, know you see this is the power of God's word Bring the peace of God to all your people in the Then Satan won't be able to snatch away them. So, quickly. But are you teaching them? Are you feeding the sheep? Let me go on There's you, two more things we need to say You see, God does not only want to give us the peace of God. That's something as a result of what God does in our life. That is beautiful. Sometimes we look at the gifts God gives us. We're so attracted to the things He gives us. But we begin to turn our eyes away from the giver of the gifts. And this is why, even though he's taking us up this high to the peace of God, now he wants to take us even further to the God of peace. Let's look what he says. <coughs> now this next verse is very long <laughs> you you need to memorize this it will help you overcome any sin finally brethren whatever is true whatever is honorable whatever is right pure lovely whatever is of good repute if there's any excellence if anything worthy of praise let your mind dwell on these things what is he saying here? If you really want to get to know the God of peace, you need to start controlling how you think. I will talk more about this this afternoon but start thinking things that are lovely true Pure. I had a big problem of, of, uh, with thinking lustful thoughts but I was striving so much to be a pure man but my mind wasn't pure. But When I started applying this, it started changing. You see sometimes we say, oh I know I shouldn't lust or think about those women. I I shouldn't do that. But I do. it. <laughs> and I feel terrible. We can try not to do those things. That's important. But it's not the total solution. And by the way, this is true with all those things. When you're telling your children not to do things or the people of God not to do things it's important for us not just to focus on the negative it's good we make standards that's fine in other words Jesus said don't look with lust upon a woman that's adultery okay I need that standard but I need to do something more and that's where this verse comes in Instead, we're going to start thinking pure thoughts. So when Satan brings a a bad thought in your mind, you're going to instantly start thinking a pure thought. And so I might say, a a nice-looking lady over there. All of a sudden, you know, Satan started bringing temptation. Lord, and I start praying. Lord, I'm winning. Have that woman be a beautiful wife for somebody. <laughs> <You're> I'm <saying? laughs> You take what's lovely and good and you let your mind think those thoughts the secret's like this you have light, you have darkness did you ever think how they work together okay, uh, if you have a dark room like electricity went off last night how do you bring light into it Will you just bring a light? Light stands for truth. Now we might see there's a lot of lies and darkness. Bring the light of God's word in. Darkness will go. Darkness can only be there when light is not. Mm -hmm. Darkness doesn't have any power. It looks for empty places where there's no light. Light, on the other hand, is powerful. Bring the light in. Darkness goes. This is the way the truth of God is. When we do not teach our people the Word of God, darkness comes in. You get discouraged. Start teaching the Word of God. You're going to see the light come in. It's powerful. Because of us, because of the Word of God. So he mentions a number of things here. Whatever whatever is good. Excellent. Lovely. So your mind's thinking about a certain person. They're not doing anything right. They come so late. Now if your mind keeps thinking that way, you're not going to have any prayer of faith for them. (laughs) basically you gave up on but you have to take the truth of God but God they're really believers I don't know what's discouraging them but I know the spirit of God is in them I thank you for working in their life thank you for Jesus dying for them Let the Spirit of God grow. -hmm. You see how you start changing your perspective of that person? When you change your perspective Mm -hmm. according to the truth of God, Mm -hmm. then you have a prayer for that person. You're strengthened and next time you see them you're starting to look how God's Spirit's working in them it's simple as that to get to know the God of peace <laughs> means we need to have the right relationship with other people if you don't treat people rightly you are not being holy You will not get close to God. If you want to know the God of peace, you have to renew your mind. Let's look at the last thing. He says in verse 9. The things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace shall be with you. What is he saying? First of all, Paul is saying, I'm an example of the sheep. He said, That's what we should be like. Yeah. Look at my life. We still gotta keep praying. God help me be a good example. <laughs> Otherwise, people learn bad things from me. You get so upset with that person over there. They're so prideful. And then God prompts you. They're just taking after you. <laughs> You're the prideful one. Your sheep are looking at you. <laughs> No wonder we have so many splits and divisions in our church. We're far too private. And our people are learning from us. We've got to make sure they learn good things from us. But when we see good things, and when we start doing it, you're going to start seeing that change come over your life. In fact, it says if you actually practice these things, you will meet the God of peace like never before. You will find revival in your soul. And you will find no matter what happens in your life, that God is there. Not just His peace that He gives you. That's special. But it's the God of peace you're getting to know more. And as you get to know him, he's showing you how he's in control of all the circumstances. He's beginning to share with you how he handles situations. Oh, I encourage you do a study on how Jesus related to his father in heaven. Do you remember, um, I mean there's so many incidents, but here's one. Uh, the people uh, took Jesus. It was near his, his own home village. They were going to throw him over a cliff. I mean, what would you do if they were coming against you? If I worry, then I'm not praying in faith. But that's all I feel like doing, right? They're going to throw me over. Now Jesus faced this situation. But he knew the God of peace. And what did he do? He walked through the crowd. How did he do it? I don't know if he went invisible. Or the people were just watching him. Uh, One story from India. That the people were all praying inside the church. And then all of a sudden all the mob around, the Hindu activists came around. And they were going to burn up the church, they surrounded it. But the people kept praying. And when they got up from prayer, they looked up, they weren't there. Later they found out from the villagers. Mm-hmm. This is what happened. We couldn't get near you. We saw the angels of God around that place. Amen. We ran. When we worry, we take things into our own hands. Mm-hmm. When we know the God of Peace, we acknowledge everything is in His hands, including my life. Do you tend to worry? Do you feel stress inside you? I can tell you there's some relationships you have to work out. Peace of God is one of His gifts He gives us. Galatians 5.22 The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Peace. Ah, A gift, The, the fruit of the Spirit. It's what He promises us. But we spend most of our lives not having that peace. What kind of examples are we? No wonder our sheep are so anxious. Can you confess your sins now? Can you tell the Lord? I haven't been having your peace Forgive me I've done wrong I have not been a good example for the sheep I have no testimony to share with you But now is a new beginning You have to work out some You have to work out some relationships You have to start blessing people. Humble yourself. Rejoicing in the Lord. Quickly forgiving people. Renewing your mind. Thinking what's true and lovely. And then constantly putting these things in action. You'll be transformed. You can just In your congregation, talk about one of these steps each week. Just make sure the week before that you have God preach to you about that verse first. Because unless you're changed, your flock won't change. God's given us so much in His Word. We have a little more to say in our last session this afternoon. But it will be about how powerful God's Word is and I think you'll get a whole new perspective of your church when you come this afternoon let's bow our heads and pray Almighty God the God of peace we thank you we come in the name of jesus when you feed us with your word when you give us your truth our hearts are free we're happy oh lord feed us O oh lord your sheep that we could have a message of truth to share with our brothers and sisters Forgive us, Lord, where we have failed you. We don't rightly deal with some people. We are so quickly offended. Help us be more like Jesus, the humble servant who washed the feet of his disciples, who went the extra step to bring the love of God into the lives of people around him. We want to be those people with your peace, your joy, your love. Transform us, O Lord. Let us not just think this is a good thing. Let us do these good things. We pray this in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Philippians chapter 4 verses 2 to 9. The Steps to Finding the Peace of God. By Reverend Paul Bucknell and translated by Robert Gawande in Malawi. Translated into the Chichua language. Look for further resources. At Biblical Foundations for Freedom, www.foundationsforfreedom.net.